All right, good to worship with you all. And um, man, if you are uh, um, under 18, man, we're so glad you're here. If you're over 18, we're glad you're here too. And um, man, it is so nice to worship together. Uh, and to kind of the, the cheerful sounds of uh, children, right, I think is so, so good. Um, one of the things I get to do as a, a husband and a, a married, you know, a man and a dad is I get to go and buy things at the market and I get sent by my wife to do this. And there's a couple different ways to do this, right? I mean, there's, um, you know, this last week I went shopping um, and near my house there's a Ralph's and there's a Vaughn's, right? Right? I don't know if you have a preference, but, uh, you know, I, I, when I go, it's interesting. When I want to browse around, I go to Vons um, because they have a bakery and they have, like, fried chicken and stuff. I just kind of walk around. And when I have, like, specifics to buy, I go to Ralph's. My wife says they have better things, right? I don't know. But uh, so I go. Um, but uh, when my wife sent me or when she sends me, when Sharon sends me, usually she gives me a specific order. Go buy this, this, and this milk right and i have problems because there's so many types of milks like this brand organic because our kids will die if they don't drink organic two percent not regular because you know they'll die if they drink you know whatever it is eggs and um butter whatever it is and so you know and she'll send she'll send me a text with a list and i'll go and prepare it right and I'll, i'll bring the recyclable bag and i'll buy it and i'll bring it back and success. Um, you know, this, this week I, I stopped by Vaughn's and it was funny, I had no reason to go, but I stopped by there and I was like, oh, I wanna just see what they have. I was kind of, had a little time and I was bored and I was walking around Vaughn's and I don't know if you do this or if you think I'm weird, maybe you do this, but anyways, I was walking around and uh, um, they have a bakery. And so I went in unprepared and I was just kind of like, oh, well, they have a bakery. Oh, they. They just baked these cinnamon rolls. So I ended up buying this thing that's the size of a spare tire of cinnamon rolls. I was like, oh, they just made it. And I just bought that. And then I, I was looking at, you know, bread, different types of bread, and uh, which one's the best price. And I ended up buying bread. I didn't even check if we had bread. I just said we probably might need it. And then I was out to checkout line, and they had my favorite chocolates, which is anything with almonds in it. And they had Snickers with almonds and Hershey's with almonds. And they were only a dollar, but you had to buy like five or six, right? So I, I being the economical smart person I am, I bought, five or, uh, I bought five of those. And then I check out with all this stuff. And then they say, sir, would you like to buy a bag? There's no way I'm going to spend money on a bag. Are you crazy? Now I have to carry, I, you know, it's this balancing act. And all of us have done this. We're walking out with 15 items and, you, you know, and I'm putting it on top of my car and the Snickers bar and, you know, and I get home and I put it down. My wife's like, what is all this junk food, right? Why did you buy this? And, um, you know, when you go in with some purpose and you're like, well, what's the point of this, right? You go in with some purpose, you know what you need to do and it's, you don't get distracted. You go in with no purpose you get easily distracted. Whether you go to the mall, you ever go to the mall and you, you go in with, for no reason, you end up buying things you never thought you would. You go to the market, you end up getting things you weren't planning to. And even in life, if you don't have a purpose of, for your life, you end up getting easily distracted 
Um, thinking this is good for me, that's good for me, I ought to get this, this looks good now. And you get the cinnamon rolls and the chocolate and the things that um, aren't really good. And that's life. And here we look at John the Baptist's life, and he's unlikely because um, for many reasons, right? The way he was dressed, the way he preached, um, and he comes up, he's related to the Lord Jesus Christ. The moms were uh, related, and, and so on and so forth. It comes from an unlikely background. His parents were so old, they thought they weren't able to have children. So Elizabeth and Zechariah, they had a miracle son. And an angel comes to them and tells them, this is going to be your son. His name is going to be John. And so you go through this whole process of him uh, being born and why he was alive. And he, you know, uh, on this Palm Sunday, we realize, you know, he was there to now prepare the way for the Lord, the Bible tells us. Um, the, the things that we get is if he understands why he is born, that will affect how he will live, and that will now be the message of why he lives. And so if you understand God made me, if you can get to that point, God created me, I was made to live for God, it changes everything. It gives us this sense of purpose, uh, a meaning. So he was born to live for Christ. You look at this story in Luke, for example, of his birth, Verse 13, angel said to him, this is to Zechariah, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, right? And, he, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. So, he was born to serve God, right? He had this purpose in his birth. And really, you say, boy, that is so special, right? Uh, he is this miracle child. He is this child born with a purpose. But at the same time, there isn't much difference between him and us. All of us, when we were born and made in our mother's womb, there was a purpose behind it. And it was far more than just biology. It was far more than someone else's intentions. It was ultimately God's intentions that we were born in this way. Uh, Jeremiah 1 in his calling says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to the nations. Ephesians 2.10, were, we were created uh, for good works, right? We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So, this idea uh, that we were born with some kind of purpose. So we don't simply exist to find um, happiness every day. Uh, we're born with this purpose, right? And so we want to keep that in mind. You know, there was a man named Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl was a, a neurologist and a psychiatrist, and he ended up going into the Nazi concentration camp. His parents were going to be taken in as prisoners, and he had this, this moral dilemma because he and his wife, could, they had a visa to come to the United States. Was he going to abandon them? Or should I follow them into jail? And I don't know what you guys would do. But he decides to go in to the concentration camp as a prisoner. And he writes uh, his wonderful book, The Meaning of Life, there. Um, but one of the things he notices is how some people had hope and meaning and others... Um, lost it. They, they would go crazy because of how difficult it was. And one of the things that the prisoners made these prison, uh, the, the guards made these prisoners do was this. They had to go and every day dig a hole in the ground, right? 
and they would dig for eight hours and they would move dirt from point A and they would now dump it at point B. And then after the full day's work, they go in and the next day they wake them up, they say, okay, prisoners, one, two, three, four, five, bring all that dirt and fill up this hole. And so they would go and bring and they would fill in this hole. And then the next day they say, okay, dig this dirt up, put it back over there. And so there was no meaning behind it, right? And this is foolishness. And it's in the midst of that, the psychological torture that was put on these prisoners, some of them literally were going crazy. Every day they had to do something that was meaningless. But what he concluded, Victor Frankl says this about these situations. He says, I can survive any how, quote unquote, how, as long as there is a quote unquote why, why I'm doing this. Some of you, you just heard this and you say, boy, this just sounds like my week. Right? Uh, I got to get to work. I got to do the same thing. I get the paycheck, you know, and I have the same experience at work. And then I come home, and some of for the younger guys, some of you, you know, you're like, I'm going to school. When's this going to end? Um, I have to go to school for like 15 years of my life. When's this going to end? Long as we know the why, we can handle the how. Long as we know the why, we can handle the how. Um, yesterday at our prayer meeting, we had an interesting discussion uh, with our uh, crosswalk director, Peter, and talking about um, putting Chloe to sleep, right? Trying to wean her. Um, and then, you know, I was just chuckling at him because I've been there, done that. And it's a faint memory. And I'm like, ah, oh, ha, 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 you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, and I kept saying to him, you better earn that Father's Day card you're going to get. You know, you better earn You got to earn it. It's not free. And he was like, ah, oh, in despair, like, oh, my gosh, you know, she was screaming for help, and I couldn't do anything, and what do I do? And especially moms and dads in the back corner, those of you who are all dead tired right now and in need of a nap, right? Shirts are dirty, you're tired, you're somehow here, zombies. Um, been there, done that. You get through it because you know the why. You get through the monotony of the hardships because you know the why. Because I'm going to get these kids through it. I'm called to be their parent. I'm going to make sure they grow up well. I'm going to give them all that they need. And so back to us, we were born, just as John the Baptist was born for this purpose of living, uh, with greater meaning. If we don't have this type of understanding, we will chase after the temporal, we will chase after the flashy and the things that we want to get. It is Os Guinness who says in his book, The Call, the tragedy of modern man is not that he knows less and less about meaning of his own life, but that it bothers him less and less that it bothers him less and less. So because he knew where he came from, it affected how he lived, right? Uh, he only lived to impress Christ, right? When I went to the market and Sharon gives me a list, my purpose at that time is to impress her by saying, look, I did good. You told me what type of milk, I got it. And you told me what type of bread, I got this. Um, his only concern was to impress Christ, his, his life. You know, this description of him in chapter 3, verse 4 through 6 shows what he was wearing. Picture, if you will, in verse 4 it says, John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Let's just pause here. This whole picture of him. Now, 
Uh, camel's hair, he's not making a new fashion statement. Don't picture it to be some fancy fur coat that he was wearing. No, if you remember Rambo from the day, you could almost picture him just putting on something to keep him warm, getting a piece of leather to tie around his waist to keep it together. Um, and there's a picture of him wearing things, and, and he's eating locusts, right? He's eating these type of bugs, and he's eating wild honey. And there's a picture of him living in bare minimum, right? He's there. It's not saying that we have to live this way, or you should live uh, and eat locusts and wild honey and wear you know, this type of clothing. But what we see here is he's only concerned about God. His only, the person that he was trying to impress was God. He didn't care about anyone else. He wasn't here to impress anyone else. And it is often that we get ourselves in trouble as we somehow think, I have to live in this type of house and drive this kind of car, and my kids ought to be doing these types of things, and I ought to be getting paid this amount, and I ought to have this kind of job, and because we compare ourselves to others. And it is here that the only person he was concerned about was Christ. This was his mission. Um, Leon Morris says in his commentary, there was nothing elaborate or attractive in the way John dressed. His clothing was far from splendid, right? Uh, it's an interesting perspective here. There was a man named St. Augustine, before he became, quote-unquote, a saint in church history. Augustine um, would get himself in a lot of trouble. And one of the things that he did was he, he talked about how he stole fruit from the fruit stand, right? He would steal fruit. And they asked him, well, what, you know, he was thinking about why he did this. And one of the um, things that he really cemented was this idea of original sin, that we somehow were born with the sin, right? But he talked about the experience of stealing fruit. He says, I stole the fruit not because I was hungry and I needed food. He says, I stole it because I wasn't supposed to steal it. And there was an excitement of stealing it. And he says that excitement comes from the state of his original sin. And as he talks about this, and and he meets God and he changes everything. He says, God changes everything. And he says this, you, speaking of God, have made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And so his life, so his birth, knowing why he was born, dictated how he lived, and then it affected what he said, his message. His message was one of grace. And I want you to just stay with me here as we look at this. He he preached the message of baptism. He says, be baptized. Some of the, our church people will get baptized next week. The idea of baptism is something that is not I choose to do, but is done to you. It's almost a, a picture of, uh, the commentators talk about, a, a ship that was now being sunk, right? Like, it's something forced it to sink. It wasn't, you know, it was done to it. And so this idea of baptism, man, it was a radical change. And what would happen often in the Jewish community, uh, prior to even John the Baptist, in the Jewish religious world, if a non-Jew says, I want to become a Jew, or I'm going to marry a Jewish girl and I want to become a Jew, they would go and baptize them. And they say, now you're one of us. And the irony here is John the Baptist is now taking the Jews and he's baptizing them to a new way of life. And it was a, a wonderful way of life. And two groups of people that show up here that highlight it, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. 
right? And we've heard that many times. The Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Pharisees had so many laws, they couldn't even keep track. They just kept writing laws, rules on how to live, the way you should behave on the Sabbath. You shouldn't look in the mirror. You might be tempted to fix your face. That would be considered work. You can't walk X amount of steps because that considers work. You know, and so many things. But the Pharisees found satisfaction in thinking they kept the law. And so they kind of looked down on people. I remember when I was in elementary school, there was the first time I, I, I think I was in like fifth grade up at, uh, in Northern California, in Castro Valley, and I remember um, they said, well, uh, today we're going to now have these, they call it gate classes, right? Gifted and um, tired right, students or whatever it is. So, so, um, so they, they, they said, oh, this is uh, uh, the, the gate kids. And the gate kids had certain classes and they were on that side of the school but the non-gifted kids, right? Like the rest of us, the general public, which I look at now as we were the normal kids, right? And the, the normal kids, well, you guys have to stay here. Don't go over there. It was like the first class at an airplane, like, let's close it off. They get to go to class here. They get the smart teachers. You get the regular teachers, right? And, and so on. Pharisees had that kind of perspective. Like, I'm gifted. I'm in honors classes. Uh, I know this, I've trained rigorously, I'm better than you, and they found some kind of satisfaction in knowing they were better. Now, the Sadducees were the people, um, the commentators talk about how they were the aristocrats, if you would say. They had much influence in the government. They had uh, you know, access to much, uh, much money and rich people, and so kind of the, the rich and the powerful uh, were part of the Sadducees. And so these two groups of people, now stay with me. One group said, I'm so, such a good person, God accepts me. And the other group says, boy, I have so much influence, money and power that God must accept me. But he brings a message of grace. He says, you all have to repent because the message that comes is you have to repent from all those things and live in grace. And his life is changed in this way. Um, and so why we do what we do is determined by the fact that we were born for this purpose. How we live is not to impress anyone else, is not to impress our school friends, the parents of our kids, or anyone else, but it's to impress Christ. And the words that we say, if we have the opportunity to preach the good news to anyone else, we are called to do so in this way. And so from John the Baptist, we learn these wonderful lessons about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And so we want to follow after him. Everyone, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray together.